This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. If you feel the hair stiffening on the back of your neck and you feel the tingle down your spine, you know we're getting that much closer to the start of the 2019 season, and we are right here defending the kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you along with 10-year National Football League veteran Sean Barber. All right. It has been a credo in the National Football League for years, which is start strong, finish strong. Marty Schottenheimer, focus and finish. I'm going to flip it. We're going to flip it today, Barbershop, because it's going to be finish strong, start strong. And here's where I'm going to finish this preseason in a strong way. There has been great tempo. You have seen it. There has been a great attitude. Guys like the Honey Badger, Frank Clark, Mahomes has been spectacular, I think, of dragging the guys through the dog days. Kelsey was there at training camp on July 22nd, Mm. a week before anybody else got there. Finish this strong, these last two preseason games, and roll right into the season. What do you think? I think that the veterans around here have done a great job. Um, you talk about Kelsey. You talk about Mahomes, uh, their attention to detail, their attitude to be here all offseason, um, working to get healthy, working to get you know around guys. Hey, let's find a high school to throw at. Let's find some place to throw at. Let's find a reason to come together and get together um, uh, even before training can't start. Well, let's do it on our own. Um, you know, blocking out all the negativity, all the distractions. And then when camp started, you, you could see it. The way Kelsey was moving around, man, I, I haven't seen him move that fluid um, um, pretty much his entire career. He, he looked like he's found a, a, a rejuvenation, um, a fountain of youth or something. Um, and to, to think of a guy who is already being deemed as one of the top, if not the top tight end in the league this year, um, he, he's, he's really found a fountain of youth. What I've noticed, too, and I've only been in the league 26 years, but <laughs> even veterans, in a nonverbal way, can do their own complaining without saying a word. You know, Andy talks about energy creators or energy drainers. Mm-hmm. I did not see an instance this year throughout training camp, even as camp adjusted to Kansas City, was there any nonverbal communication. You know, some of your vets can kind of even say, oh, man, we got three days in pads. Let's just get – or act like, it, you know, with their body language. But the fact that it wasn't even that says a lot about this team to me. Yeah, we, we talk about uh, mathematically, what are you doing to the atmosphere? Are you, are you adding to it? Are you increasing the incitement of the moment? Are you subtracting? Are you, are you taking the air out of the building? Are you, are you a downer? Are you multiplying it? That's what a honey badger does, right? His, his excitement, his athleticism, everything you see, it multiplies the expectation. Or do you divide? Are you one of those personalities that splits the locker room? So that multiplication table, everybody is either dividing, multiplying, adding or subtracting from what's trying to be done here. And I think we got a great amount of character, high character, high moral guys here who understand what type of hard work it takes from day one of training camp uh, to set the stage for this season. The other thing I noticed was position groups coming together throughout this preseason. That's why I want to finish stronger. Our first, our first quarter of this podcast is try the veterans, the veterans finishing strong in the preseason. But I saw position groups. The offensive line came to mind uh, after the first preseason game. How do you react when you go back to St. Joe? Like, uh, da, 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 da. 
those guys, I thought, took the lead as a group, not just individuals. And if you can develop that within your groups, what does that do? Oh, man, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a way to really uh, create an atmosphere of success, uh, expectation of excellence. Um, we talk about some of the days I played. We talk about some veterans who <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to name no names, but Jason Dunn. All right, we got a tight end, JD. Uh, you know, plans. To, you know, being behind Tony Gonzalez, he didn't get too much, too much fame and glory, but uh, he was one of a, a great blocking tight end. But he was one of the mopiest, moodiest. Every day of camp seemed like it was a dog day. He dragged on the field, off the field, always two seconds uh, before a meeting started. You know, never early. Just kind of, in uh, that, in that personality and that demeanor, kind of multiplied over. And then Willie Rofe, we know he's a great Hall of Fame. Offensive lineman, but hated practice. I remember one practice he came out with his flip flops taped up because he was so upset about having to put pads on uh, one day to go out there and hit. So uh, his teammates will remember that. But having guys like that, it, it was funny at the time. But it did it did take more from other guys to try to create an atmosphere of excitement when you have guys draining you. Yeah, or Murof has a gold jacket. And JD's one of the best dudes around. However. You just give a message to your other guys. And if you're trying to create a tempo and energy, which this 2019 Chiefs team does, it was those veterans that were doing it, again, even directly or sublime. So wanting to finish strong in the preseason if you're a veteran instead of just, hey, when do we start the real stuff? We're going to get to that in a a minute. Our second quarter of this podcast, it deals with the guys who are at the fold of the page. Mm -hmm. They are right there now. You were in this position earlier in your career. It's getting tense. I can feel it in the hallways, yeah. right? That cut down's coming. Only one now, not two, but one where like 1,100 dudes get cut into cyberspace in one weekend in about a 24-hour period. It's crazy. Now, handling, if you're at the, if you're at the fold of the page, um, I've noticed guys or some guys kind of get more and more scared with more trepidation, and others are like, let's go. I'm just going to – you know, devil may care. I'm going to do it how I can and then figure it out. Man, it, it, each room is different. You start counting the chairs. You start looking around. You know, if you're a D lineman, this team might keep eight. You know, if you're a linebacker, it's, it's good six, maybe hopefully seven if you if you can make a, a special teams impact. In DBs, it's going to be ten guys, five safeties, five corners. So when you start doing that number count and you're not that fifth guy, you're the sixth or you're the seventh, then these preseason games here, this, this is your life water. If you want to breathe, if you want, if you want an opportunity to uh, make that contract, make that team, you got to show and prove something these last two weeks. Why you deserve to take another man spot, take another man position, be one of the fifty-three. You got to show the coaching staff and everybody else in the league because you're not just playing to be a Kansas City Chief. You're playing for any roster. You want a job in the NFL. You don't want to be a free agent. You don't want to be a practice squad guy. You want to be a regular down. Uh, a guy that can be counted on, uh, tip of the spear type dude. You want to make a roster, and that's and that's what you're grinding for. That's what you're playing for. Every game, every snap, busting your butt, giving you all the energy, uh, sacrificing your time because you want to be on a roster. You want to be on the Kansas City Chiefs, but you want to be on the NFL roster. Okay, let's get this down to specifics. Let's take the wide receiver position. The National Football League can change in an instant, in the blink of an eye. Marcus Kemp. Really admired what he was doing in camp, climbing. Mahomes having more confidence in him. The three days in pads after um, the first preseason game, he was catching passes that was impressive. Whammo. Goes down with the ACL-MCL out for the season after a 17-yard pickup against Pittsburgh. 
The Chiefs then signed DeAnthony Thomas. Here's Dat. Dat's back. We know what Dat can do. He's been very productive. 81-yard punt return against the Raiders. He was great last year. Uh, He was really emerging as a gunner. He made a big-time play against Pittsburgh. Then there's Pringle, right, the kid from K-State, who basically had a redshirt year last year. Then there's Cody Thompson, who has run – I've never seen this before, Sean – in a single game, in three consecutive plays, he ran across a post and a go on three, and he was the target on all three plays. I said, "How is your lactic acid?" All right. So here's that room. To your point, the wide receiver spot. Let's just take it in and of itself. In what you're thinking there, and based on what you just gave me as a template. Well, when you break down one position like that, and you say you start looking around the room, right? You say, "All right, we're gonna keep seven wide receivers, maybe six if." Seven if one of them is a dominant special teams player, but that was Marcus Kemp. Yep. That, 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 that was his spot. He, he knew he was going to be a gunner, bracket, uh, play core special teams. But he also was a little bit different. His skill set was a little different. Tall, rangy, long arms. That's not the normal Kansas City Chiefs receiver. So he, he had a skill set all his own. And so now, you know, uh, you get, like you say, you got Pringle and Thompson, and they bring in Dak. Now, Dak has returnability. Dak has shiftiness. He's an underneath receiver. Runs these, you know, can run the shallow routes and stuff like that. So, uh, we we lose a, a long, tall, rangy guy, and we pick up another short guy. So, if you was a, a, a underneath slot receiver in the room, you might have counted it out and said, "All right, I'm the I'm the second slot. I'm the third slot." But now Dak's back. Dak's back. He has history with the team. He has been on record as uh, Coach Tobes, pound for pound, one of the best special teamers he has ever coached. And that just entered your room. So your day-to-day just got a little bit more. Your, your, your butt got a little bit more tight. Uh, your, your, your attention to detail got a little bit more tight. Your opportunities on, 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 on the weekend, on Saturday, probably got a little bit less because Dak's going to get some run now. You know, he's going to get a punt return, a kickoff return. So if that was what you was banking on, look at Tram- Tremont Smith, now running back position. That, 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 that role of being a – uh, uh, a six running back, a six DB. Mm-hmm. Uh, spe- nope. His reps got a little bit different now with, with Dak in the room. So every time you implement another guy with some history, um, with some experience in his offense, um, something he can hang his hat on and give that coach a little bit more confidence, then that just makes it that much crucial for you to go out there and really show and prove why you deserve to be on this team. Um, and you only have so many opportunities to do it. It's down to two weeks. So we're defending the kingdom today instead of start strong, finish strong. We're flip-flopping it. Finish strong, start strong. Another area would be the offensive line. Here's Jeff Allen again. Third stint. All right, people forget last year in the crux of the season with the injuries, it's December. The Chiefs need to win every one of those games to get the one seed. Here's plug-and-play, steady Eddie Freddie, Jeff Allen. Just throw him in there, and he does a good job. Now you bring him back in here with a bunch of other offensive linemen who are fighting for backups or maybe a left guard spot, and it's – that dynamic and as alignment does it change or is it? Di- I mean, is it different? Yeah, they they know that they know what's at stake. Um, you know that the offensive line is a comfort level of playing with the, you know having the familiarity with the guy beside you. Uh, when you make a, a pound call or a combo call or you know out call or you want to change the protection from right to left or go from T six T seven, um, you, you have a comfort level that the guy beside you you know saw the same thing you did and is going to react the same way. When the defensive line do a, a TE stunt or a Texas exit stunt. How you pick it up? How long does he stay on it before he lets go? All of those things are so unique just to the individual person. And so now you bring somebody back into the fold who Coach Andy Heck has confidence in. One of his guys from a year ago, he know he can plug and play him at any time and know that he can survive. He can survive the game. 
some of these young guys, I don't, I, you know, you don't, you don't know if, 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 if it's there. If, is that trust there? Have you got enough reps? Have they seen enough from you? Have they seen enough, enough growth from the day one you got here uh, through the first two preseason games to rely and count on you as being that swing guard or that swing offensive lineman so that Andy can keep eight or nine offensive linemen? So that room got a little bit – there's a little bit less air to share in that room. Uh, the table got a little bit tighter. It's kind of – you got to create your own elbow room and protect your plate a little bit. You don't want anybody looking in your playbook and finding out what you're doing. But it, it, that, that's what makes this game so exciting. Everybody's talking about uh, the third preseason game, and then you got the fourth preseason game. There's not even a factor. You can't tell me that these, these offensive linemen who are fighting for backup jobs uh, to be the sixth, seventh, eighth offensive lineman on the Kansas City Chiefs team – aren't thinking that these two games aren't the most important games of their life. No question. And that's what fascinates me about this game and these two games, quite honestly. Uh, so we're at halftime of this podcast, Finish Strong, Start Strong. Uh, you know what you do at halftime. You go get an orange. You do what you need to do with your bodily fluids, right? You only got 12 minutes in an NFL halftime. We got about two seconds. But here's the other thing I've learned from our folks that are listening on these podcasts. You don't go in the driveway you keep right on rolling. You just drive around the neighborhood till it's all done because that's what people have done. They go, it's, it's cooler, but now my neighbors think I'm crazy because I'm driving by their house <laughs> by and forth. But we ain't pausing this. We ain't stopping. We're going right into the second half. And that's what we're going to do here in the third quarter because now we're going to start with the – we talked about finish strong in the preseason, now starting strong in the regular season. If you look at Andy Reid as the Chiefs head coach, Generally, he has started strong. 9-0 in 2013, which was crazy after a 2-14. and 0-2 and 14, but he rallied. We all know that. Same in 15, 1-5, but he rallied. 16, the greatest comeback in the history of the franchise against the Chargers. In 17, they win at New England, and nobody in the Galaxy thought they would win. 18, they have to go to the Chargers, and they beat uh, the Chargers, and nobody thought, very few thought they could win that game. So now you're coming out of the preseason – and you're trying, that's what I'm saying, get some momentum to carry into the regular season and uh, fly into that Jacksonville game. Man, if you take Jacksonville for granted, a team that you embarrassed last year, came into Chiefs Kingdom with all the hype, uh, one of the top-ranked defenses. You had the cornerback uh, talking jab to, to Tyreek Hill, telling him he was going to shut the, the, the cheetah down. He wanted to accept that responsibility of, of being able to uh, follow and shadow the cheetah around. Um, all that talking that was done before the game, and then the way the game unfolded and the Chiefs prevailed. Um, and that was a game you can probably mark on that season. There was a downturn. The, the, the end of the Jacksonville Jaguars was when they left Chiefs Kingdom. They didn't have one loss. That was their season over, complete, done. They weren't the same after that loss, after they got embarrassed here in Kansas City. So you were the team that embarrassed them. You took it away from You took all their hopes and dreams. This great 2018 season that Jacksonville thought they was going to have, it ended here in Kansas City. Now they get to have you on their home field. You're coming down there with all the hopes. Everybody has a target on Kansas City, and now you get to, uh, they get to try to rewrite that, 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 that storybook. I'm so excited for that game. Jacksonville has a new quarterback, um, a quarterback we're all, well, <laughs> Coach Andy Reid is really familiar with, um, and a guy who can, he can change some things. He gives them a vertical threat, which Jacksonville hasn't had. Uh, Leonard Fournette is coming back. He's still healthy. Um, the defense is what it is, it, it one of the top defenses in the league. And that's going to be a way to, to, uh, to really gauge where you are as a team, where you are in the NFL as far as are you really considered one of the best teams in the NFL, how you take care of business. 
um, and how you prepare as a veteran for Jacksonville when you still have preseason games left. You still have work left to be done. There's still some meat on that, on that bone here when you talk about preseason, but a run is a run. Run fits or run fits. The way you attack the ball in the air, making big plays. Um, just because we don't game plan against San Fran, we don't game plan against the Green Bay Packers, doesn't mean you take away any intensity on the d- defensive side of the ball. You still want to get after that guy. You still want to create turnovers, create uh, chaos, and uh, do what you have to do and take care of your business on the field. Okay, I want to get to this Jacksonville thing that you brought up in the fourth quarter of this podcast. We're going to revisit it because it, it deals with the Chiefs because I saw a little bit of this in Pittsburgh last week. They didn't like losing to the Chiefs. Um, and some of those first-team defensive guys are Pittsburgh. We're not going to get embarrassed in a preseason game, right? All right. Now, you brought up run fits. You're right in my wheelhouse here in this third quarter because we've talked about finishing strong in the preseason, starting strong in the regular season. These last two games, and you kind of alluded to it, I don't have the game plan to run fit, okay? I'm playing the run. And I really think San Francisco wants to run the ball. I think they can do it. they got Tevin Coleman from Atlanta. they got some other dudes uh, that can run the ball. Uh, the Breida kid was good at times. Uh, the other kid looked good against Denver. But – Run fits. If there's one thing that encouraged me against Pittsburgh, and I talked to Coach Reed about it, it was that the run fits looked better. Ben Neiman this week talked about building a wall. I have heard it from Hitchens. Uh, I can go right down the line of the linebackers. So, run fits. San Francisco, Green Bay, preseason game number four, because you know – with Nick Foles at running, or got quarterback, you mentioned a vertical threat. They still want to run the ball in Jacksonville in Week One. Yeah, that's a, that's the mentality of that team. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try to rep, uh, replicate the mentality of their head coach. He's a gritty, run first type coach. He just you know, he, he wanted to go get Nick Foles so they can add another threat, a deep threat, uh, be able to hit you downfield. But it's a run first team. You know when you got Leonard Fournette uh, part of your team, if you don't come into that game uh, very sound on your run fits, it's going to be a long day. And it's going to be a long day because the other team is going to dominate the time of possession. If they dominate time of possession on their side of the ball, that's less time for our uh, PM15, our, our, our playmaker, Pat Mahomes, to have the ball in our explosive offense. And that's something that every team is going to try to do to the Kansas City Chiefs this year. They're going to try to uh, pound the ball, take the air out of the ball, not give uh, our explosive offense opportunities um, and, and try to keep, that, and, and keep draining that, that time of possession away from the Chiefs. Um, but you can work on that. You can get that, you can get that done um, in, in, at a high level here in these last preseason games, with the, like we said, without any game planning. Um, A-gap responsibility. You said that linebackers was talking the same talk. Build a wall, right, a wall that's tall, strong, uh, sideline to sideline, not a picket fence. When you start having creases in the defensive line, uh, the defensive line penetrating and being up three or four yards and linebackers making contact two or three yards past the line of scrimmage, that creates vertical seams for running backs to exploit. You want to be all on the same line. Linebackers need to come up to the line of scrimmage, shake, shed, shock offensive linemen. Defensive linemen need to penetrate and remain in their gaps and uh, be able to shuffle uh, down the line of scrimmage so that that, that, that run fit becomes a, a true wall, a true uh, 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 just a, a wall to be defended uh, when you talk about that line of scrimmage. And they've done it uh, over and over again. We saw some really good things in the Pittsburgh film. Um, but that consistency, right, when you get to do it once, twice, um, and then you have that one touchdown where it breaks around the left end, um, one, one guy misses an assignment or he thinks he's supposed to be a fold player and he's really supposed to be a contained guy and it leads to an easy touchdown. That's the consistency um, that, that you want to get corrected. Um, but it wasn't that slow leak we saw from a year ago where it's just 
It's like every run was three yards. Every run was four yards. And we used to seeing that a little bit in the past. That's not the defense I saw uh, from our Kansas City Chiefs in the first two preseason games. Shake, shed, and <laughs> – okay. Shh. All right. We talked about wide receiver in the second quarter of this podcast. I want to ask you about linebacker because Spags, in watching him, and also Matt House, here's what's interesting about wide receiver in Andy Reid's system. We like to pigeonhole guys. Well, this dude's an X, or this dude's a Z, or this guy's a slot. Not in Andy Reid's offensive system. He tells me everybody needs to know everything. Like, if you're only going to do one thing, you might as well find some other place to go. Linebackers in Spags' set, so I have, you know, I'm watching these guys, whether it's the four three in the base or when they're in some uh, in a sub package, nickel or dime. I'm seeing these guys move all over the place. What is what's required of these linebackers that they need to know, whether it's run fits or pass coverage going into Jacksonville, and how they just kind of mold and shape it to finish the preseason strong? It's very unique how you said it. it's a, it's kind of a mirror image of what Andy expects from the wide receivers. Everybody to know everybody's position whether you're X, uh, Y, or Z, uh, whatever you are, a slot, outside guy, um, you need to be able to go in and, and run uh, any position on any play call. The defense is similar. Um, you don't have Sam linebacker with Sam linebacker responsibilities. You don't have a Mike and a Will with only Mike and Will linebacker responsibilities. You have core players, and they're, they're, these core players are just Xs. And whenever your position ends up at this X, at this spot, you're required to do a certain task in the defense. And everybody has to know it, whether you're a DB, a safety coming in on nickel or dime. Uh, they, they flip the formation and go slot. Now you're a cornerback and you're in that position. If you're in that, that certain position on the defense, you need to know what to do uh, when it's a strong right, strong left, uh, when it's the, you know, play to you, strength against you. Uh, whatever the situation call, everybody in the room is expected to know all of those positions, especially the linebacker position because those positions – are so interchangeable um, that we, you know, it probably makes the media mad because we start off with a starting lineup of whoever you want to place as the Will and the Sam and the Mike, but then you see the Mike playing on the outside or you see the Will playing on the inside on passing down. Everybody's playing other positions, so you, you start to think, is he playing out of position? No, it's just in the nature of the defense. Sometimes you bump over. Sometimes you we call it plus and minus uh, depending on the offensive set. Sometimes when you plus and minus, you end up playing another man's role, and that's easier than flip-flopping guys every time the offense does shifts and motions. So the defense is very um, – you got to know your role, but you also got to know the guys beside you and what they do. Um, and that's, that's one of the nuances to the defense is everybody knowing what they be, where they belong um, and, how, and, and what, what assignment that, um, that position has to do, and everybody has to learn it and do it at a high, at a high position. Fans in media – don't get ticked as much when they look at the defensive chart as they do offense because they play fantasy football. <laughs> they want to know who's the RB1 and the X and the Z. And just like in Andy's system, it's everybody does everything. They'll just pick a defense, right? Yeah. We'll take the Chiefs' defense overall. So what I want to tell them is, hey, don't. But it leads to something about Brett Veach, I think, and Brett Veach's staff. Because, and, and Coach was talking to me too earlier about this, where if you're going to be a wide receiver, you're going to have to have the capacity and the physical ability to do everything. I wonder with Brett Veach, when he's looking at linebackers and he's telling his staff to examine him, go, well, this guy looks like a Mike to me or this looks like a Sam or a Will. Because Brett Veach has been around Spags his whole professional life or close to it that he's going, no, wait a minute. <laughs> they got to do a little bit of everything. So if we're going out looking for guys, either veterans or we're going to draft a guy or take a college free agent, 
you got to keep in mind that he can't be pigeonholed into this is a Micah Sam or a Will. Yeah, you got to believe that D. Lee and both uh, D. Wilson, both of those linebackers were brought into a into this fold with a an expectation of playing more than one linebacker position, being able to flow in and out of whether it was called to be a Mike or Will, sometimes a Sam, sometimes even getting on the ball, sometimes putting your hand in the ground and, and rushing the edge. Um, that kind of versatility that they that they possess made them uh, um, a highly highly. Uh, Highly required or, or interested in by you know our, our our general manager, and so when you have linebackers that uh, have that kind of skill level where they can uh, adjust the formations, you don't always have to change your personnel based off of offensive personnel because we got guys that can morph in and out of uh, heavy pass down, heavy rundowns to third and longs, and you can keep the same set, set of guys out there. That kind of consistency starts flowing, and you open up the defensive playbook. Now I can call anything and any personnel. We got big Buffalo, big nickel. Um, all the different defensive packages, but you find these linebackers um, that instinctively can play any position. And I keep coming back to that Ben Neiman. This Ben Neiman guy, man, he, uh, a year ago, just my eyes lit up seeing him play uh, because I saw him do things that aren't being coached. Yep. Instinctively, uh, going in the right direction, reading his guards, um, I'm doing, you know, running to the ball, finishing plays, always around, having a nose for the ball. And he's just continuing to progress, evolve into a guy who's to be reckoned with. Um, and not only on special teams, but on normal downs. This guy deserves to be out there. And Barbershop, he did it again in this camp. He's done it again in this preseason. Because I was curious. He makes the team last year. He fla- you know, he flashes like, wow, I didn't think this guy could do it. And you're, well, can he do it again? Yes, he can. So he reminds me a little bit of you. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of, and I mean, as a compliment to Ben Neiman. All right, we're going to the fourth quarter. Again, in this podcast, we're flipping it. We're talking about finishing strong before you start strong. We're finishing strong in the preseason to start strong in the regular season. And we're going to go in a whole different direction here because this is a mental, emotional um, frame of mind uh, that I think Andy Reid is trying to build. But it's also the Surgeon General's warning to the entire Chiefs kingdom. People are so excited. I said 9.13, right? 9.13 p.m. That's when this season started. That was 9.13 p.m. on January the 20th in 2019. That was the one minute after the game ended of the AFC Championship game. But I, here's the warning. It's easy to think, well, let's just get back to that point. Go to that point. No, you're getting ready to climb Kilimanjaro. All you're doing is putting your backpack together. And you can't look at the top of the mountain because the only thing you can do is get to the first step. You brought up Jacksonville several minutes ago. And last year, they were thought to be a real favorite in the AFC last year. All of a sudden, things started like uh, blink, blink, uh, and then boom, it unraveled on them. So for the Chiefs, Chiefs kingdom, to be in the mental, emotional frame of mind of you just take the first step in climbing Kilimanjaro. Man, I think all these players, it's it's. In, in the locker room, we don't ever think that way. In the locker room, everybody is thinking about uh, goal sets. They, they got goals for the season. Uh, each game, I want to, you know, have 10 tackles as a linebacker. Each game, I want to have, you know, uh, four or five quarterback pressures if I'm D-line. Cornerbacks uh, and DBs, you know, nothing nothing behind me, nothing over my head. I want to come up make, you know, break up a certain amount of pass breakups per game and 100% tackling, 100% alignment, assignment, football. Uh, no mental arrows, no loafs. Those type of things are something that is – each week you build upon it. You can't just start the season and say, we're a great pursuit team, we are great tacklers, we uh, ball hawks, we make plays. Because you got a bunch of zeros in those categories. Nobody, everybody starts at the same starting point. But what you got to do is go out there and fight and claw 60 minutes every week 
16 weeks in a row. You build upon the week before. And then you have the next opportunity. The, the next team you play, has they, they don't care about what you did a week ago. They, they, they want you to come and show you their best. They want to come in there and take away what you think you've earned a week before. And so this defense is going to go out there and they're going to be hungry. They're going to they're be so hungry to prove that this isn't last year's defense. Everybody you know, says that the, the offense was good enough. But, but every phase of every team, every, all teams have three phases. And all three teams, all three phases have to work for a team to be a champion. And so you win together, you lose together. But what you, the most important thing you do week in and week out is you fight together. You grow, you grow, you grow. And that's the one thing that's so exciting about the NFL is that nobody gets a free pass. No matter if you won it last year, you're the championship, you don't get a free pass to the postseason. No matter if you, the Rams, you lost in the Super Bowl, you don't get a free pass. You still got to go out there and earn it every week, earn that spot in the playoffs, and then prove that you're one of the best of the best um, until you get to the Super Bowl. I think only five of the 12 made it last year from 17 to 18 if I'm, that uh, made the playoffs in the second straight year. So, I mean, here we go. It's just telling everybody because Barbershop, 1,000 things happen over the next – the stuff you expect and the stuff that comes out of left field you did not expect. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on dealing with the unexpected and probably we'll probably do that. But it's just getting ready – to just take one step, one climb. That's the way Andy Reid's wired. Now we just got to get everybody else wired that way to know, hey, we're climbing Kilimanjaro. Well, he does a great job of setting situational football up so guys can stay focused on this, the current situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you're not worried about the fourth quarter and the first quarter. First quarter, you, you, you're starting. You want to fill the team out. Um, he has his first 12 plays he runs defensively. Um, you want to put some pressure and see how the offense reacts to certain things you do defensively. Um, you want to be a little bit aggressive but a little bit safe until you find out how they're protecting certain things on certain down and distances. And then when the second quarter comes, then you try to unleash a little things. You try to, you know, take some chances, some scores, some attacks, go on at halftime, make your corrections, and then you come out that second half, and that's the time to uh, put that foot on the throat. You want to choke that team out in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter you want to just, you want, you want to just tear them apart. Right, you want to you want to stop the run, get after the quarterback, kill the quarterback, and then win the ball game in that order. Every game starts the same way: stopping that team from running the ball or creating some uh, running lanes if you're on offense, creating some movement on that offensive line, um, um, controlling uh, the time of possession, controlling the ball uh, line of scrimmage, and then being able to take and execute when you have an opportunity to take a shot downfield, making sure you're making that defense pay or making sure when you have opportunity to get a hit on the quarterback, you're making that quarterback pay. Uh, play, uh, pay, pay. That's, the, that's, the, that's the nuances. Every game you got to build yourself up to be ready for that moment. And we practice like no other situational football. Andy's done a great job of getting guys mentally prepared and ready for those situations that no one really knows. No one's prepared for what's about to happen um, in the third quarter if you're down, if you're up against Jacksonville. But we've practiced and prepared for that Jacksonville scenarios um, um, each week, each each practice, and so forth, so that whatever comes uh, up in the game, our team will be prepared for it, to be prepared to execute um, and make it to the next step. He was doing it in June. He prepares for it when the, dudes, the guys don't even know he's preparing for it. All right, so are you ready to finish strong, start strong? Finish strong, start strong. Sounds good. Packing your backpack for this climb up Kilimanjaro. <laughs> You ready to defend the kingdom for real? I got my boots and I got my, uh, <laughs> I, I got my, uh, my, my army reserves. I got my, my, my little, my little food, my dehydrated food. I'm ready for the climb, baby. I got me a little spam here. I'm ready to go. 
Uh, and folks, it is not weird for you to drive around the block so you listen to the whole podcast in its entirety. Already, many of you have told me that, and just your neighbors know they're going. Oh, he's just—they're just listening to the podcast. So, thanks for hanging with us. He's the barbershop. I'm the voice. Uh, and here we go. Can the Chiefs finish strong in his preseason and start strong in the 2019 regular season? Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Official Podcast Network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.